Welcome to discussions of music, healing, and consciousness with your hosts, Chris Noble and Bill Peratzman. This episode is part three of our conversations about healing sound. First, I'll reveal the results of my experiment with the 40 Hertz pitch and a 40 Hertz binaural beat. Then, we take a deep dive into solfege, Gregorian chant, and the solfeggio tones. If you've missed the first two parts of this conversation, you'll want to go back and hear them first, since this episode definitely builds on the concepts we've covered in parts one and two. We'll be talking about all that and much, much more, as always, in these open conversations here on Discussions of Music, Healing, and Consciousness. Yeah, I didn't realize we were making a series, and all of a sudden we're on part three of probably three. That's actually right? kind of a cool concept for, for our podcast is to go into, into these series, right? Yeah. yeah why not? And, and, you know, my own exploration of this stuff has been really weird and and strange and you know sharing that with you on a podcast so other people might be able so to use cool. it is, is cool and um you know i'm 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 hitting stuff that i've never hit before on this thing so <laughs> as we talk about it right for me too it's uh it's amazing and it's it's I'm, really I'm weird learning so much right yeah I, and it's not hard to learn i mean if you're listening to this right now the information's out there right it's easy to find it and if if you if Chris if you and I could put it together in a way that helps organize the search, you know, a little bit easier for people who want to follow, you know, and do their own rabbit hole on it, great. I, I this remember I promised you last time I was going to set up a forty hertz and a forty hertz binaural beat and see what happens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I want to start there because first of all, it's crazy. <laughs> okay, I want to hear. But you know the the um. Let me find something that I can actually make some sounds with here and um, turn off original sounds so that we won't get stepped on. Um, hopefully, if everything's going well, you can hear a very low 40 hertz. It's very low. If we could get a tiny bit more very, volume, that'd be that'd be perfect. Yeah, it's, it's tough to get a lot of volume out of this, but... There we go. There's a 40 yeah. hertz kind of a tone. So, you know, that's, that's wonderful, right? And I thought, okay, so with this 40 hertz tone, all I've got to do is to create a binaural beat, right? All I've got to do is find another tone that is 40 hertz away from the 40 hertz tone. Interesting. So I'm going to move that up a little bit so that's a little easier to hear. So there's, a, there's an 80 hertz, right? It's the octave above 40. So if I add 40 hertz, I wind up adding a tone that is exactly... Um, halfway between 80 hertz <laughs> and 40 hertz, right? And it sounds like a perfectly consonant octave. <laughs> and it's not so, a binaural beat at all. <laughs> so hold on. So that is a, it sounds musical. It sounds yeah. like 40 hertz. Okay. 80 hertz. And because those two tones are 40 hertz away, you think you'd have a 40 hertz binaural beat, right? Well, maybe you do, but we perceive it as an octave. As an octave. And it's beautiful. That is so intriguing because okay, so why do we why do we also love 40 hertz? Why 40 hertz comes up and I've I I've can't remember some of the specifics, but I keep hearing it coming up in people's research. There's yeah. a special magical aspect of 40 hertz and the fact that 80 hertz is a perfect octave not anything out of phase or anything yeah. 
binaural by by you know the old definition where you hear the whoa 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 you know the yeah. dissonant the interference pattern i i hear a, a kind of eerie sounding but cool sounding uh octave yeah, which is nice which is very musical octave, right but yeah but it got better okay so um i'm gonna switch over now to GarageBand. i really wanted to do this experiment right so what i did was to create that 40 hertz pure tone. So this tone that you can kind of hear right now, can I bring it up a little? Yeah, sure. That so sounds that's a, nice. That's a Beefy. 40 hertz, but it's it's a pure sine wave. It's an actual, no overtones, nothing at all, right? And um, if I blend into that a little 80 hertz, it'll be easier to hear. So there's the 80 hertz, right? And, you know, that's nice. You can hear them both. But I wanted to do it in a pure sine wave form so that I could have control, right? And then on top of all that, I wanted to find a way to make a, a 40 hertz binaural beat. Okay, so stay, stay with me for a second here. Yeah. And um, I chose to do that using... 2800 and 2840 hertz okay right so that sounds 40 like hertz difference a 40 yeah. hertz difference so it sounds like this it sounds like crickets right so i've got my nice 40 hertz binaural that you can hear sounding like a cricket and i wanted to put that over my 40 hertz fundamental tone So there's that 40 hertz for the mind, right? That beautiful 40 hertz low down there. And then there's this chirping that is the binaural beat. I'm going to turn the binaural down just a little bit. It's still there. Mind still perceives it. And then I made myself listen to this for like 10 minutes. <laughs> and what happened? I was the most confused human being you've probably ever met. <laughs> and here's why I mean it made perfect sense here's why so 40 hertz binaurals are way up in the gamma range right they're amping you up they're like right oh yeah and that 40 hertz pedal tone that low tone that's so beautiful that we you know that foundational sound oh yeah is exactly the opposite <laughs> <laughs> so okay hold on so 40 hertz binaurals which is the gamma wave frequency is intense and way and way up really there. up there and, and it feels like that i feel like i'm on about 12 cups of coffee yep. and then the 40 hertz frequency and everyone that's different okay because it's just a pure tone sine yeah, pitch wave frequency. Of 40 hertz. It's a pitch. Yeah. Not a not a differential, not an interference pattern of 40 hertz, but 40 hertz that, itself. Whoa. Yeah. That low sub sub really like, oh God, it sounds nice. Yeah. You know? It's like, like it's real body sensation. In a cave. Just mm. so so grounding, right? It's it's like when you're relaxing in a hot tub and you're like, mm. right. <laughs> right. Just sinking into relaxation. It's really nice. So it's completely contrasting, like you said. Completely contrasting. And it doesn't matter that the binaural beat was a way high pitch. It only matters that there was a 40 hertz interference pattern going on, which was enough to, to spin my brain, you know, way up to 40 hertz binaurally. 
which is a higher frequency. I think most of our gamma. brains run around what seventeen. Is that sort of like normal average brain? I actually don't know state? what the normal state would be. But as we know, again, gamma is usually when a, a professional athlete's in their like concentration, doing something very intense. So you know, that's so a lot of it, energy. It is. It's a ton of energy. So yeah. I, you know, I don't know, kids. Try this at home. But <laughs> and you can do that because we're going to use a frequency generator here in a little bit when we talk about sulfagial tones. But I don't know if it had the the effect that I really wanted. Now, maybe there's something to be said for staying in that state for a long time where your your brain is in, incredibly active and yet the 40 hertz pitch low E1 is there grounding. I mean, maybe there's something good with that. If anybody knows the answer to that question, let me know. But after 10 minutes, I had decided that I'd had enough. <laughs> yeah, and I, I that high, it's that high pitch one would do me in after a couple of minutes for sure. Right. I could do 40 hertz for probably a while, but... Uh... The gamma waves are intense and, yeah. you know, when I'm doing them, I have to mix them in with music and nature sounds just to make them a bit less intense yes. um, and yet still get you into that state of that state. And and sometimes not so much. Sometimes you really want that um, and you add some intensity, but I, I always got to mix it in because just that, that binaural on its own, I find especially is really, it's like the crickets, right? It's pretty yes. intense yes. when I'm doing, when I do a binaural, uh, let's say of a delta wave, so you could zero point five to two hertz. I mean, we're talking way slower. So when the oscillation is more like wow, 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 I'm like I could listen to that for a lot longer, you know. But with gamma wave, whew, it's uh, it's intense, you know. It but goes I think nuts. I would say it's a very successful uh, experiment because we really now know <laughs> very, <laughs> uh, you know, very intensely now. Like okay, well, forty hertz clearly is that it's grounding it's extremely relaxing it's uh all You're of talking those things. 40 hertz the pitch e1 the pitch, excuse yeah. me the pitch that, that sound the binaural is the complete opposite of that and they both work really well but when they're both working really well together it's... they should be more consonant like if if you were going to use low e 40 hertz maybe a delta or a pushing That's it but maybe a thinking. theta binaural yeah which are way down there in the single single digit frequencies and they're going to match the the feelings yeah the state the, the state a, that 40 hertz brings you yeah that is the human state the the feeling of peace and grounding and solidity and things like that versus you know mental aptitude or whatever it is you get when you go to <laughs> when your brain is buzzing at 40 hertz yeah, the form of stress, sometimes positive or not so positive. Sure, it could be either way. Yeah. And, you know, I've, you know, I've been in a fairly stressed out state for the last few weeks. So probably my experience is different from anyone who tries this on their own. And uh, and that's great. That's totally fine because it's really important that we understand our own response to these things. That's like a really on a fundamental point. level. Yeah. Like, what are you bringing in? What, what state are you in before doing the experiment? I mean, I guess that, that also matters a lot. But I would say, you know, I, I'm coming from a different place. Um, the last couple of weeks, I would say I, I had a much a lot less stressful uh, for myself. And and when you played those two, I felt I would feel the exact same way as you, as you so felt it, in that. It had so the same pretty, effect on you. Yeah, pretty universal, I would say. Well, good. Um, yeah. So we're, we're messing with some really, you know, basic stuff here. And consistent. And Yes. 
So this is this is a good thing to know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and part of this series has been like, what are the effects? Well, first, we've identified the terms and some of the sounds that go along with them. But what are the effects of using this stuff? And and part two, which we just dropped, um, it's about the harmonics and, and things that are not pure tones, the sounds that exist in nature and how they can affect us. And I've got a couple of questions I want to follow up on and see what you think when we get into solfeggio tones a little later. But you asked me what solfege is all about. Yeah. And um, it might be good to start there. Uh, and by the way, we're going to make some observations here that might be startling to some of you if you're listening. Um, I know, for example, I have a, a number of friends who do solfeggio tones as healing frequencies, and they have a whole practices based on this. And we're not in any way trying to interfere with that. We're just starting to try to identify what this stuff is. Yeah. And then what you all do with it, that's cool. That's up to you. But if we can help you understand what it is, um, you'll be in a better place when you go to apply it to yourself, right? 100%. You can do. Anybody's got a tone generator can make solfeggio tones. So, um, so solfeggio. Yeah, don't worry me. <laughs> Let me turn on original sound here so that things aren't getting stomped on. But um, so here we go. Uh, do, do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, si, do. The cool solfege, echo. Yeah, the nice echo, right? The solfeggio syllables, they're they were created so that people could sing together basically and know what pitch to use. So when you sang do, do, everybody would know that's what it is. Um, do, re, mi, everybody would know what a mi is. And so when you're singing me, you should theoretically all be singing the same note, <laughs> you know? And um, this is, sounds very simple and uh, banal almost, but has anybody seen Sound of Music? a deer, a female deer, right? To most people, yeah. Yeah, and that's solfege. That is uh, a long-established way of being able to sight-sing pretty well. Uh, Before we had notation, that's how it worked. But all of this comes from a very um, old (laughs) Gregorian chant called Ut Kayant Aloxis. And this chant has notes in it that represent ut, which used to be do, ut, re, mi, fa, sol, la, and we used to call it t, now it's c, si, but this chant, I'll just play a little bit of it, gives you an idea of how um, how this all stuff would have come down back in the day, so ut, cant, loxis. <laughs> That's probably enough just to wet people's whistle. We'll put references to all this. You can go. There's a really fantastic article that pulls this all together and that you can see the, the plain chant melody written there. And the idea is that every every phrase starts on the next pitch up from oot, then re, oot, re, me, <laughs> think Bill. <laughs> And uh, it kind of makes sense. And I don't know how long ago was Gregorian chant. It was it wasn't Egyptian, but it's been a while. A long time, and and it's really interesting. Just a really quick side note with when I listen to Gregorian chants, and I and I really implore our audience, you guys, check this out because go on YouTube and and have a little rabbit hole of Gregorian chants. Type that in, and when you listen to them, especially when they're performed in cathedrals and churches, oh. 
it is a spiritual experience to say the very least there's a reason why there's met they have like gregorian chant meditations that loop forever and you can just go off into nothingness with them there is something in the quality of the vo the, the way that it's sung and the timbre i don't know what words to use but it's a feeling and i think everyone can sort of understand what i mean when they listen to this where it takes your consciousness somewhere there's some something about it that speaks to us and that's where i find it interesting where solfeggio comes from this type of uh singing that for me just like it gets to my soul so i'm interested to see what the formulas are as to how to impact your consciousness and i think that's what solfeggio is doing on different levels um, it's just incredible coming from the Gregorian chant. When, you, when I listen to it, I, I can understand the power of Solfeggio a bit more. When you um, were talking about the way that these chants would have been presented in giant churches, right? Where lots of echo, lots of reverb, and lots of opportunity, as we talked about on the last episode, for blending, for the harmonics that come. Because remember when you're singing like one note, it's also got all these amazing harmonics that are like that are on top of that note. You don't hear them all the way that you hear a single tone, but all the harmonics are there. And I don't know, and, and I've I've tried a little bit of the math, man. I've tried to figure out how the solfeggio tones might be harmonics. But um, for you, <laughs> uh, I gave up. Honestly, yeah. I gave up and I started doing research and I couldn't find anything on it. But uh, the one thing I wanted to say about all of this solfege and Gregorian chant, how low the pitches are. Most of the time, these were sung by men, although there are some women who have who wrote for uh, plain chant. It's been recorded since. But these are low pitches. These are they're down there in the not 40 hertz, but they're in that. No genuine sort of male vo vocal range, if I can put a gender on it. Yeah. Bass, tenor. Well, bass and tenor. Yeah. Uh, that, that's where monks sang, right? and, and monks were generally men. So um, these are pretty low pitches. However, when we get into uh, the amazing solfeggio tones, let me play you the lowest solfeggio tone right now, which is roughly around F3. Okay. Here's What's the, the lowest. What's the frequency of that? It's again? frequency 174. Cool. So it sounds like that on a piano, but I'm going to play the actual 174 hertz frequency right now. Is that easy to sing? I could sing that. It... It roughly corresponds to an F3, the F below middle C, if you're looking at a keyboard, which is, you know, it's in the tenor range. It's yeah, it's reachable. I'm sort of a bass, but I can get up. That's to definitely now. not as low as a lot of Gregorian chant notes. Right, right. Already. Right. right. So, Gregorian chant seems to be lower. Yeah. Um, but it goes up very well from there. So just to quickly review, here's the solfeggio tones. That's 174. The next solfeggio tone is... 285. Kind of a, a D flat, but it goes up in a hurry, right? Somewhere in there. So maybe guys could have sung that. Let's go up to the next one. This is the third 396 solfeggio tone. 
can probably still get that. That's in my falsetto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, starting to get there. there. But you're definitely moving into more of the female vocal range for sure. Yeah, it's definitely, and those are the for the lowest three of the of the nine solfeggio tones, and it only goes up from there. Um, Four seventeen. Short distance away from three ninety six. Here we are at five twenty eight. Here is six thirty nine. They're really going up. No way I'm going to hit that in any kind of a pleasing way. Seven forty one. Two more eight fifty two, which is really getting high. And then finally, nine sixty three. So, for the most part, these tones are not within the range of a male voice. Maybe a castrati um, or a child could sing that high. But there's a huge difference between Gregorian chant, on which the solfeggio tones are supposed to be based, and the actual tones themselves, which are pretty much outside the normal range of a male vocal singing voice okay so what right well why, why is, is that, that? i'm curious well right? yeah why is that i mean and how were they discovered because back in the day if these are in fact ancient tones they had no way to measure frequencies no we had no idea what hurts you know and, and the 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 fine discriminations of these things i mean a lot of them are very close to pitches on the on the normal piano doesn't yeah. matter whether it's tuned to 432 or or 440 the solfeggio tones are close to pitches they're off by sometimes hundredths of a cent. They're more about the frequency specifically. They are. Than the note on a piano or an instrument of any kind or in a vocal range that has anything to do with the original style it was, it was taken from, we think, right? Which is Gregorian chants, we think. And that's the thing too, with even with tuning, just really briefly what I've, you know, through some of the research and the, some of the stuff that you've sent me, um, that our audience can take a look at, of course, that we've got a lot of this information from a really great article, a series of articles, is um, the tuning of 432 hertz as well. I, I know why I like to use it. And I've actually learned even more about the geometry of 432 hertz, which is really interesting. Um, but the idea that we can just immediately say, oh, yeah, all the ancient, like, you know, ascended masters and healers were all doing their music to 432 hertz we can't say that we have no idea if they were actually doing this stuff because once like you just said how no one had a way to measure the pitch you know no one had a right. way we didn't we just they wouldn't have known they may have had it pretty close to that intuitively or just because of the feeling or what or maybe i don't i don't but we just don't know so that's where we're kind of going into that territory where we're going to have to start drawing some assumptions to some degree, right? Where with how did solfeggio frequencies get to this frequency that's so specific? Yeah. So out of the range of the Gregorian chant, it's it's I and, and it makes sense to me. Remember, I talked earlier about trying to do some calculations and figure out if these are harmonics of any other lower note, and uh, the short answer is well, probably they are, <laughs> but the more profound answer is that the solfeggio tones themselves don't relate in a unified way 
to any specific mathematical formula. That's interesting. So if you were to able to say, okay, that 174 might be an overtone or a harmonic of some other lower note, what would that note be? Well, it's not a pitch on the piano. Hmm. It's some other arbitrary hertz. And you can calculate all these things. Like if you were to, if you were to go online, I'll show you the calculators and put them in the show notes. And you can figure out what those harmonics might be. But again, they don't relate to anything that's consonant in a way that we would even consider um, useful. I mean, they're not microtonally consonant either. That what does is, that mean for our audience? You, yeah, so, <laughs> so microtones are the, are the notes in between um, like C and D. There's a D flat or a C sharp in there. Yeah. But microtones are in between the sharp and the, you know, the, the whole range, potentially as many as 12. I've heard sometimes more. Jacob Collier is awesome on this. If you want to look at his and, stuff. And uh, Indian Vedic music too. And Vedic music. Uh, really, like they have like three or four notes within our typical one tone or semitone. Exactly. But but they don't, the solfeggio tones don't relate in any uh, consistent way to those harmonics. Which was an interesting way because if you know if you if you were in the church, let's say back in the day, and there was a Gregorian chant going on, and you needed some benefit from the tones that are identified as now as the solfeggio tones, it would be a crapshoot as to whether any of the harmonics created in that particular concert environment would hit any of the solfeggio tones in any kind of precise way. <laughs> you this know? makes me want to do a deeper dive into the feeling of different solfeggio frequencies because you know with 40 hertz for example i think we can say quite conclusively especially from our personal experience yes, more than anything right. that it really does what it seems to do uh, on the outside of the neurological uh, effects that that were the original reason why i came across 40 hertz and that it enhances your memory and, and stops against, you know, deterioration of your mind. Um, but apparently is extremely relaxing and soothing. And we can get this every single time we test 40 hertz. I would love to start doing this with the full solfeggio frequency so we could come back and give a more detailed reason as to perhaps why is it so... I don't want to use the word random because nothing is is random in the universe. We just don't understand it. Yes. Uh, we don't. We're just not able to grasp this one yet and it could be that maybe there is some well, what i don't want to want to step on anyone's toes again that are using solfeggio frequencies successfully but maybe there is some room for uh adapting and evolving the theories of solfeggio or maybe not but i don't know right like i just want to know why <laughs> is it well, there's no connection right now to all the different tones or where it yeah. even came from that is the question here because and and it's Kind of interesting that we're spending this kind of time serious musicians don't have enough to go on to give solfeggio tones their proper due and i'm being careful how i say that now because solfeggio seems to have been invented for whatever purpose with an attempt to tie it into some ancient roots where it clearly doesn't have a connection and that doesn't mean that solfeggio tones are wrong or anything. It just means that there was an attempt made to link them to something that was scientifically inconclusive. And because of that sort of thing, people in the sciences discredit that. I don't think that's the right move. I agree with you, Chris. I think we could do a lot more research on this stuff. And there are people who use these tones effectively 
I'm sure who are quite familiar with the background and the deep dive and could help us understand why, because it takes nothing away from the effect of the tones. Somehow or another, however they were located or discovered, they have an effect. And if we can start to measure that effect and not a randomized clinical trial, trials notwithstanding, <laughs> right? But these are tones, and, and this is, the, I guess, this is where I'm leading up to. These are tones that, because they don't exist in any of our consonant music, with the possible exception of Vedic music in the East, which is not where these tones are supposed to have originated from, um, there's no way that you could go to a concert, you know, that would incorporate solfeggio tones successfully, unless it was a very sort of specialized microtonal or atonal concert in which this, the tones might appear. And... Uh, to give you just an example of that, and it's going to sound really crazy, you guys, but stand by here and we'll try to do my best. That is a mishmash of all nine of the solfeggio tones played at once. Very good horror film soundtrack. Or yeah. Hitchcock, Alfred Hitchcock kind of vibes. Right. But, I mean, practically? So what do you do if you go to a solfege practitioner and you say, well, blah, 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 and this and that, and they say, oh, well, you need 963 hertz. Do you just sit there and listen to, you know, 963 hertz being played? We should ask We should ask some of these people. I would love to uh, to hear how people do use solfeggio. And then on the other side of it, I really want to start experimenting with like, what is the deal with Solfeggio? And, you know, you said something earlier, Bill, when you're talking about the only other real genres that that could maybe relate to this uh, microtonal situation with the Solfeggio frequencies and what seems to be a completely disconnected set of frequencies is the Eastern types of music, probably in ancient China, ancient India, uh, at the very least. And what if they originated from there and were readapted through, I don't know, Gregorian chants and then reestablished and called Solfeggio. But in the distant past, of course, it was called something very different, but it's the same principles. Maybe that is where there could have been a, a, a melting pot of knowledge when they adapted it from Gregorian chant, maybe gave credit. Maybe, I don't know if there's politics involved, who knows, right? <laughs> like it's, it's hard to say. I mean, things, anything's possible, especially we have no idea it's history. And it's actually quite, it goes way back with Gregorian chants. So, you know, what if it could originate from the ancient uh, Indian or ancient Chinese uh, sure. music styles? And maybe that's where there's this, you know, these these indif these different frequencies that don't quite match. Maybe they matched somehow back then. Perhaps. Yeah, maybe there was consonants. I mean, maybe you could, creating a any kind of a listenable tune... <laughs> but as you played all those, I mean, is that really listenable? Uh, not to me personally. Uh, yeah, I mean, it would play be them all together. You would think that when you play a bunch of crystal healing bowls, for example, it's not like it plays a real nice jazzy chord, but they all sound quite, you know, musical and 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 certainly something that I could hear being played for about an hour as I as I bliss out on a yoga mat or something. Yeah, um, that that series of solfeggio frequencies you played on the keyboard, I, I wouldn't want to bliss out to that on a yoga mat. You know what I'm saying? No, I mean, maybe one. I could get, sure. you know, sure. that's a that's a G for all intents and purposes. So if you're listening to any piece of music that happens to be written in G, which is just about everybody who's got a guitar can play in G, you know, Western classical music had no trouble with G. 
there's probably something that's really beneficial about G, you know, in forget about the fact that it happens to be 432 or 440 right now. We're talking about a specific frequency of, um, let me refer to it because I haven't memorized, 396 hertz. You know, anything that happens to be hitting the 396 hertz button has probably got some kind of a good effect on you, some sort of solfeggio effect, right? Oh, and, and by the way, without getting to all of it, we'll publish this in the show notes so you can look through and quickly see how the frequencies relate to stuff. I, I feel like I'd really be stepping on the healer's uh, lane if I were to go into and say, well, G does this, right? So I'm, I'll leave that for your own investigation. Yeah, I mean, there's 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 some really basic stuff I could just throw in there really quickly that you can find online where I don't think we're stepping on anyone's toes. Like three 396 hertz, for example, they say, liberate yourself from harmful feelings of guilt and fear. That's usually what seems to come up a lot when I see that frequency for that solfeggio. Like it's a liberation of some certain emotions. It seems to do something for that. Um, note number, you know, the second one, 417 hertz is about resolving um, and producing positive energy to bring about change in your life you know um this is and again so, i would love right, to experiment with that you're right in there because you know those two notes are basically g and a flat so there's g and here's a flat that is using a modern tuning 440 those pitches generally correspond to the solfeggio tones and uh Chopin wrote a whole lot of stuff in A flat. He loved A flat. Here we here we go. I just had a thought here. I just I did see this on this um on this graphic here. I'm looking at with uh, the different solfeggio frequencies, and it has with each solfeggio frequency, it does also have a chakra. And not to go too much into you know our right yep <laughs> spiritual side of things, but we do have to recognize we are we are energy. We've talked about sound and frequency in almost every single episode. What is sound and frequency? It's energy right and our energy bodies are the frequencies that we emit um, have energy energetic hot spots on our body that's what we would call the chakra points so it is worth noting that they do correspond supposedly and i'd love to again go into this more but they do correspond with each chakra and as we know with each chakra they're not of equal distance from each other so maybe that's why we're hearing this not everything is of equal harmonic distance to each yeah. other with solfeggio frequencies. Is there something there maybe? And uh, I, I've looked at this a little bit too, because there are some folks who align the chakra with do with C middle C. And then there's the, what Chris was just referring to that aligns the chakra with what is essentially F. So that chakra one is F versus C. So, rather than do or do re mi fa fa rather than do which is a perfect fifth from each other right yeah i think which is or interesting going the other way perfect yeah. fourth fourth or fifth it's a fourth consonant interval anyway hmm so, it's I a mean, thought I, I don't know right jury's out on this people yeah <laughs> but let's you know the real okay. point here is what works for you so if you happen to get a pop from 432 hertz tone uh, tuned crystal bowls. God bless you. If you happen to get a pop from Chopin, God bless you. If you happen to get a pop from solfeggio tones, you know, it's, it's not about that. It's about finding what works and your understanding of it might be something that the pattern matcher can grok at some point. 
but we're really talking about things that happen below the neck, right? We're talking about effects that are holistic effects. And the head brain is kind of the last one of the party in that set, in that scene, you know? If you're getting a if you're getting what you need, call it whatever you like, right? If you're getting what you need, then do that. Yeah, well you got your second or third brain in your in your gut, and you got your other brain in your heart. And uh, those brains really enjoy the, these frequencies quite a lot. I'd say um, that's really what you're doing them for is like, like Bill said, it's a holistic, it's, it's a full, not only your physical body, but I have to bring in that energetic side of our body, the, the aspects of yes. ourselves that are in vibration, that are frequencies that emanate off of us that we can't see does not mean that they're not there. Probably a lot of other animals see, see them. That's why they're so understanding of human emotion. A lot of the time dogs, cats, like they can, they can sense this and they can sometimes even see it because it's a frequency. And so, you know, experiment with different types of sounds and frequencies and modalities that can interact with your energetic body just as much as it does with your physical body. And, um, you know, you can use these things for, for physical pain. You can use these things for emotional pain. You can use these things to feel physical bliss. You can do these things for feeling emotional bliss. It's really whatever you'd like. And, let us know uh, which which ones you prefer because it really is an individual thing. Absolutely, yeah. Whatever works for you is is the right thing to do, right? And you're gonna know. You're gonna know. Not your head brain, but you're in. You'll feel like I was feeling with that forty hertz pedal Me tone. Too. I you know, know it immediately. You're like, oh, there it is. <laughs> you'll feel it, and that's a that's a skill you can you can learn, right? You can learn how to be aware of those things and how they are affecting you, yeah. and when you feel a blissful awareness, you found something that you want, right? If you feel some sort of angst about it, turn it off, you know, go on to the next one. It's that's your GPS. That is your litmus test is how do you feel? It's always, how do you feel as, as musicians? That's literally our litmus test for everything we do musically at the end of the day. It's not about, did it technically do this, that, and this and that? Yes. That's sometimes considered, but at the end of the day, it's always, how did it make you feel? Yep. Right. So just always ask yourself that and, uh, and, and just go, go keep following that feeling. <laughs> Thank you everybody for hanging in. I know it's been three long episodes Well, this is probably the longest, but we're open for questions and obviously for input too. If you are a Solfeggio tones practitioner and want to jump in and, and talk mm -hmm. to us, we'll bring you on and we'll have a conversation because yeah. this is wonderful stuff and, uh, and we're curious. Oh, there's so much more to learn and I can't wait to experiment more, learn more. I'd love to have anyone that's listening that has some information to share with us. Please let us know in the comments. You can reach out to us. Uh, it's all in the show notes and let's keep growing and learning together because we're just scratching the surface of these ancient practices that uh, have so much more to give us. And uh, we're, we really are just scratching the surface. We can uh, really enhance, enhance our lives significantly with these tools so uh, let's keep doing it amen brother <laughs> Aho. Aho. thank you for listening in on our conversation and for taking time to show your appreciation with a like share or subscribe discussions of music healing and consciousness is a practice of spontaneity and we welcome your comments ideas and questions there are ways to connect with us in the show notes so let us hear from you until next time, this is Bill Protzman along with Chris Noble wishing you great musical health. Samara Huchaya.